Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy. And I'm Lava. And today we have a very, our very first special guest. Please introduce yourself how you would like to be introduced. Hello, I am Charlie, and I'm very excited to be here. Excited to have you. <laughs> it's great to have you on the show, Charlie. All right, so in no particular order, I'm just going to go through these questions. Uh, what's your favorite Scooby-Doo series? Oh, you're asking me. Um, I what was the one that was on, like, years ago? Was it, um, What's New Scooby-Doo? That was the one that had that sort of generally punk rock opening. It's the one that most of the movies have used the art style of. Yes. I have to say that one. All right. It was the one I grew up watching, and, you know, the one I know I've seen the most of, so it's definitely my favorite. It's pretty good. All right. Which member of the Mystery Inc. gang do you relate to the most? I probably have to say Shaggy, maybe, because, you know, I get scared very easily. And I also love food and could be easily convinced to do things if you give me food. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I would also be best friends with a talking dog or just a normal dog, you know. Perfectly good reasons. So what would your mystery-solving teen-style catchphrase be? Ooh, that's a good question. It'd probably be, yikes, because I say that a lot. Nice. In the event of a curse word happening, what Scooby-Doo character do you want me to bleep you with? Okay, that's a good question because I probably will swear I'm sorry. (laughs) That's fine. I don't think we've had a perfectly clean episode yet. (laughs) Um, let's go with Jaggy. Sweet. All right. Um, so what's your favorite slush flavor? Oh, um, probably raspberry. Nice. Like a blue raspberry? I was just thinking that. Yeah, blue raspberry. Definitely. And then what's your favorite pizza topping combination? It's probably, um, onions and mushrooms. Hmm. That could be a pretty good pizza. It is. All right. Well, now that we've gotten all of this introductory stuff out of the way... Um, let's get to our listener questions. We have two of them this week. Both of them are from James. Uh, we will start with, What celebrity, real or fictional, would you like to see team up with the gang to solve a mystery? Does anyone else have an answer prepared, or should I go first? I have an answer prepared. Perfect. So when I first saw this question, my mind went to Obama, which is weird. But, you know, that could be cool. But, you know... Who would also be pretty cool on Scooby-Doo? At least very funny. The Malcoy brothers. Oh my gosh. That's a real good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> That's not my answer. I didn't have an answer before, but I'm seconding that because that would be amazing. Definitely. All right. That just leaves me to use my answer. Um, I was actually talking to a friend of the show, Crash. Um, about this a few weeks ago before we even got this question and i had the idea of a sailor moon scooby-doo crossover 
That would be pretty cool. Scooby would have to have a sequence. Yes. I was going to ask, are the Scooby-Doo gang also going to transform? I'm I'm not sure. Maybe like near the end as sort of like a, uh, like in how some of the Batman, or in the Batman movie they did recently, they all changed into a suit up. Mm. Hmm. Maybe. All right. And the second question is, what other Hanna-Barbera mystery squad would you love to give a Mystery Inc. style reboot to? I'm just going to go ahead and answer this one first because uh, I need, think y'all need as much time as you can get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So my heart says Jabberjaw, <laughs> but I feel like that's not the correct answer. I feel like my actual answer is going to be Speed Buggy. Mm. Hmm. I will admit I'm not familiar with many of the other mystery gangs made by this, by them. Um, well, I know just the episode of Scooby-Doo to send you to to figure that out. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, the mo- the first movie we watched had uh, quite a few cameos in the background, so... Um, I actually misread the question before, where I was thinking it was just regular Hanna-Barbera. Uh, reboots we can make it that but but now that i'm actually looking at a list of the mystery you know meddling kids sidekick kind of stuff uh mm-hmm. josie and the pussycats is that actually a yes that was that one um, that one's my answer oh, i'm gonna go with that too that was gonna be one of my answers the only reason i did not choose it was because i know that riverdale's hitting it pretty big right now mm. As I looked at the list, um, I saw a show from the 80s called Pink Panther and Sons. Oh my god. And well, I've never seen it. It'd be interesting to have a Pink Panther show now, so, especially with his sons. Yeah, that would be interesting. Okay, so this is the episode I would go to for anything if you're trying to figure out Hanna-Barbera stuff, especially in the instance of a Mystery Incorporated style reboot is actually an episode from Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. It is the 14th episode of the first season, the Mystery Solvers Club State Finals. Ooh. <laughs> and this is one of the major reasons that I think crossovers shouldn't be banned. Was the one that you recommend the one with the giant um, shark? Uh, that's Jabberjaw, yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. I, I like the idea of a giant shark. <laughs> The thing about Jabberjaw is that Jabberjaw is just Curly from the Three Stooges. Oh, jeez. He has, like, all of the same vocal tics and everything. Of course he does. And I did buy the Aquaman-Jabberjaw crossover comic. Um, and I read that recently. And I, I, let me tell you, reading someone talking like Curly is an interesting <laughs> experience. Oh, God. Lots of... Meow, 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 meow. Oh, boy. Wow. I think that is all of our housekeeping we need to do. And with that, we should start getting into the episode proper. Yes. All right. This week, we have already watched, all three of us have watched, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. It was released on October 5th, 1999, directed by Jim Senstrom, produced by Davis Doy, 
Written by Rick Kopp, but don't worry, there's two Ps. <laughs> David A. Goodman and Glenn Leopold. Featuring the voice talents of Scott Eines as both Scooby-Doo and Shaggy Rogers. Frank Welker as Fred. Mary Kay Bergman as Daphne. B.J. Ward as Velma. Jennifer Hale as Thorn. Jane Wheedlin as Dusk. Kimberly Brooks as Luna. And Tim Curry as Ben Ravencroft. Oh, Tim Curry. Is it bad I didn't realize it was Tim Curry until um, I saw his name in the credits? No! I, it was one of those things, the first time I watched it, I had to go look it up. I was like, is that Tim Curry? That sounds like a Tim Curry. He does have a few moments early on in his first scene where he doesn't sound like Tim Curry. Yeah. Uh, but then he becomes more and more Tim Curry as as the movie goes on. Um, I, uh... uh... I One of the things I always think about when it comes to Witch's Ghost in particular is how very anime it seems. <laughs> Especially, like, in just the general expressiveness of some of the, the expressions the characters make and some of the character designs are very, like, mid-90s anime. Mm. And just the overall animation style. I looked it up. And this one, as well as Scooby-Doo Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo in the Cyber Chase, and Scooby-Doo in the Alien Invaders, are all done by Mook Animation, a Japanese animation team, that also did the first four years of Yu-Gi-Oh! Hmm. Oh. Um, I'm not entirely sure why this one feels more anime-like than the other three movies in that list. It's just, it always feels that way to me. Especially, like, when you see the way Tim Curry get. Tim Curry's character, Ben Ravencroft, gets animated in certain scenes, or in this first scene, actually, I'll point out some of the characters that look like they belong on a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Uh. Yeah, I get what you mean by Ben Ravencroft having moments where he's very anime. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's yeah, let's get into it. We cold open on a museum full of dinosaur fossils. I think it's like a natural history museum. I, I honestly... When I first saw it, I thought, is this the New York Natural History Museum? Because it has that feeling, like we open in like a park, and then it scrolls over to the building, and then suddenly it's dinosaur skeletons. Yeah. And I was like, this feels like the Natural History Museum in New York. It might be. The only reason I think maybe not is because it's kind of small. But maybe. they are within driving distance of Massachusetts. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah possible um yeah so we're seeing all these dinosaur fossils and the curator comes out of his office <laughs> I, and as he's <laughs> sorry it's just <laughs> this office door is the most labeled door i've ever seen in any kind of cart well not really in any kind of cartoon but it's just it struck me that curator is labeled in bold block letters on this this door and I'm thinking, huh. And as the guy walks out of his door and turns to lock, and I'm like, oh, yes, of course, that is the curator of this natural history museum. Because it's like, that makes perfect sense, but it's so there in your face. <laughs> it's hysterical to me. It's also like on one of those frosted glass windows yeah. that you see for detective agencies. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs to know where he is. Mm -hmm. 
where the curator is. He exits the door and he starts. Wa- he locks the door and starts walking down a spooky hallway. And if this were any other, l- literally any other kind of movie genre, I would think this guy is going to die in the next five minutes. <laughs> well, you're not wrong is the thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you do see very conspicuously as he's walking down the hallway past all the exhibits. Some of the exhibits have been replaced by just members of the Mystery Incorporated team in costumes. Yep. Yeah, you know that typical thing. In media res. Uh, the exception of this pair of sarcophagi, uh, that as he walks by them, they just sort of start to open a little bit, enough where he can hear it, and he gets a little jumpy. He turns around yeah. and he walks backwards into a button that just starts playing some animation for one of the, ex- or narration for one of the exhibits. That poor guy. Something interesting is that the sarcophagi, they have this similar features to Scooby and Shaggy. It's like one of them looks like the, it has a collar. They also have the same color scheme as uh, Scooby and Shaggy from Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. Yeah. yeah. So and it, if this was red yeah. shirt Shaggy, then it would have been a perfect match. Yeah. Maybe that's the red shirt Shaggy. Maybe it still fits <laughs> in your in your theory. Red shirt Shaggy died 4,000 years ago in ancient Egypt. Uh, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, okay, I just need to get a hold of myself. It's fine. I need to switch from to decaf. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> need to stop being in the museum in the middle of the night. And two mummy warriors that... These are two characters that I guarantee you were a rejected Yu-Gi-Oh monster at some point. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, from this point onward, they don't actually have a monster name, so I'm just going to call them the Sarcophagus. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they sneak up behind the curator, wielding one an axe and the other like a spiked mace. Um, and so Shaggy and Scooby, who are in the exhibit that the curator is directly at, as a caveman and a saber-toothed tiger respectively i think you figure out could figure out which one's which they start moving they're like hey uh i don't mean to bug you professor but uh you might want to watch out and the professor (laughs) having not seen night at the museum or night at the museum (laughs) 2 is frightened by an exhibit coming to life (laughs) meaning scooby and shaggy yes not the other exhibit yes so he starts backing up away from Scooby and Shaggy, into the sarcophagus, and then he sees them. And these sarcophagus are ready to murder this old man. Yep. Uh, the man starts running off, uh, but Shaggy and Scooby keep the sarcophagus' attention by just sort of generally taunting them. And then eventually Scooby's like, or Shaggy's like, now! And then Scooby pulls a lever, activating a net trap. Just a regular rope net. Yeah. And for a while there, it worked. You know, they were like, okay, they're caught in the net. Let's celebrate. We got a plan go off without a hitch, really. And then the one with the axe cuts through it because he He has has an axe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't going to work out that well. And then we get the chase scene with the theme song as sung by Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't even know that was him. No. I only knew that was him because I was looking through the soundtrack trying to figure out what some good options for music would be. It ends in generally, like, they're running through all of the, uh... Exhibits and everything. Uh, they end up in a room full of, like, medieval torture devices. <laughs> I guess. 
Um, and they're cornered, so they close their eyes and they're like, okay, this is it. And then a leg comes out from underneath the curtain and trips both of the sarcophagi's. I feel bad for this museum because they did some oh damage yes! to some of the displays. Yes! You're, you think my thoughts. It's like they destroyed like a tarp. Not a tarp. Uh, uh, uh. A tapestry. Tapestry. And I'm like, how expensive was that? It's like... And that dinosaur, yeah. too. The thing I know about the dinosaur fossils, those are almost always replicas. Right. Uh, but yeah. I, I really hope everything else was, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think the, uh, the medieval torture device uh, got destroyed as well. Uh, some of them did. There's some like a lot did, of broken yeah. wood and stuff, and they're just sort of trapped there as a result. Yeah, it's like, uh, probably not millions, but at least thousands in damage. The real scary thing was how much about the pain property damage. Yep. Anyways, Fred, Daphne, Velma, the curator, and a couple of security guards all walk up, and they're like, oh, hey, did you look at that? You did it, guys. Shaggy and Scooby are like, oh, well, yeah, uh, we had some help, though. And then Tim Curry with a ponytail comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's like Velma recognizes him immediately. Yeah. And says his name. It's like Ben Ravencroft. And me not having actually seen this movie, I don't think ever, I think, oh, my gosh, that is the most villainous name they could have given anyone. <laughs> And then Tim Curry's voice comes out of him. And I'm like, welp, I guess, yeah. Poor Tim Curry always gets typecast. The thing is, this character also looks kind of like a young Tim Curry. Yeah. But with a ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. And its name was basic. His name was just the name of the vampire from D&D. <laughs> a castle Ravenloft. Uh. He was like, what's the most gothic? Gothic name I could have. Ravencroft. Mm-hmm. Ben. What is the most villainous uh, voice I could have? Tim Curry. <laughs> I heard they were going to go for someone else, but they ended up with Tim Curry instead. Mm. Which, hmm, uh. honestly. I guess it depends on who it would have been, but I think Tim Curry fits a little better. Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, so it's like, yes, it's me, Ben Ravencroft, famous horror writer. Anyways, let's see who these villains were. Oh, jeez. I'm here because I was doing research, and I saw these suspicious people. Research at, like, 2 a.m. in the morning. He's a horror writer. Yeah. You know, as a writer, I understand. I would also try and stop and miss a crime to just avoid writing. (laughs) (laughs) So they they unmask the sarcophagus, and they are... Perkins and Griswold, a couple of archaeologists from the Babylonian department, they got their funding cut. Yep. And they wanted to uh, get back at the curator. If it weren't for you meddling writer. At least he didn't (laughs) call us kids. Yeah. Oh, Freddy. Uh, Yeah, Velma just sort of keeps geeking out about being a fan of this writer. But it also turns out that Ben Ravencroft is a fan of Mystery Incorporated. They're basically in the same line of work. <laughs> you know, I write mysteries, you solve mysteries. It's basically the same thing. Basically. Yeah. Um, and then Ben Ravencroft is like, hey, 
Actually, I'm about to go back to my hometown, Oak Haven, Massachusetts. Uh, it's a real quiet place, but they have a really great restaurant and all that. Do you guys want to come back and, you know, just hang out for a little bit? Velma's immediately like, yeah, of course. You're one of my heroes. Of course I want to go hang out with one of my heroes. And he got Scooby and Shaggy based only on the restaurant. Yes. <laughs> Freddie and Daphne are like, you know what? Yeah, we could use a vacation. Be nice to get away from all of these, uh mysteries i don't remember who said that but one of them did uh and so they go on a car ride and velma is riding with ben ravencroft in his old car very clearly talking the whole time doing that geek out thing yeah yeah they they pass um it's that classic kind of scene change where obviously they've been driving for a while they pass a red suspension bridge that looks so much like the Golden Gate Bridge, I had to actually go back and double check that he actually said Massachusetts and not somewhere in California. I swear, I've never... I, I, it, it looks so much like the Golden Gate Bridge. It could be a Las Vegas-style duplicate. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, the rest of the scenery seems pretty New England to me. It really does. It's like all the other bridges look New England to me as well. So it was it was just kept being weirder and weirder the more I thought about it. When they get there, um this quiet, sleepy New England town is currently swarmed with tourists. Mhm. And Velma says, "I thought you said this was a quiet little town." Well, it is normally, and they see the mayor in the park talking to some people, so they go and see what's going on. The mayor's like, "Ah, oh, yes. Ben Ravencroft, and you've brought brought your friends." And their dog. Dog? Where? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a few times uh, in this one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They, we learned that the town is packed because there's the Autumn Fest that's going to be happening featuring the Hex Girls, a uh, local band that is about to make it big. I love the Hex Girls so much. Yep, me too. I also love them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated where the Hex Girls show up so that way they can fight a ska zombie army. Oh my god. Oh, that's awesome. And they're in another movie too, but I can't remember the name of it. Is it the uh, Legend of the Vampire? Yes, it was the one where they went to Australia. Hmm. No. Yes. Oh, they also show up in another episode of Mystery Incorporated to help Daphne out with some relationship advice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh... Anyways, uh, this... Local pharmacist, uh, something McKnight. <laughs> Mr. McKnight! Up. Mr. McKnight. Okay. He did not get a first name. Got it. Just straight up, Mr. McKnight. And I love his last name. It's great. Uh, he hands uh, Ben Ravencroft a shirt for the... It said, I survived the Oak Haven ghost. And it's a picture of a ghost that is very clearly a witch. Mm-hmm. And Ben gets very mad because it's very obviously Sarah Ravencroft, one of his ancestors, and Ben is very peeved about it. Yeah. Yeah, they said that her spirit actually started showing up because they built a, they started clearing out some land to build a Puritan village. It's one of like one of those tourist trap slash places you would go on a school field trip, but they didn't want to spend a lot of money kind of places. Yep. Yeah, and I love this scene because... The uh, Monsieur Gang starts, like, filling in what's happening because they're like, oh, yeah, we're used to these kinds of things. Yeah, they're like, let me guess. 
you uh you started construction and the construction bothered the spirit and now she's out for revenge the mayor's like yeah (laughs) it's kind of their thing yep um meanwhile scooby and shaggy just sort of wandered off for a little bit they found a butter churning station (laughs) and it's scooby's turn to churn butter that is so he starts churning butter and there's there's a really good comedic timing on this Mm -hmm. where it's just regular butter churning animation for like a good two or three seconds yep and then it just hard cuts into air guitar yep yeah uh but eventually some butter leaks out of the top and then scooby slips on it and everybody laughs yes um meanwhile the rest of the miscury gang is getting some backstory um sarah ravencroft who was persecuted as a witch but ben's like that was unjustly persecuted because she was a medicine woman who practiced natural healing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He gets very angry about this. Meanwhile, back with Scooby and Shaggy. There's a lot of there's a lot of quick cuts between scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel too uh, obvious. It's like I didn't even notice. It doesn't feel obvious, but when you're trying to write notes on it, it's like right. Yeah. All right, I'm writing one note for this scene. Oh, we're over to the next scene now. One note for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's corn husk dolls, and so Scooby takes the little little belt buckle hat off of it and puts it on his head, and it's a perfect fit because it fits right between his ears. Oh, it's gosh, a tiny hat. So cute. But it gets blown away by the wind and into a gopher hole, and Scooby goes to dig up the gopher and finds a 400-year-old shoe buckle, which Shaggy then proceeds to put on his shoe. Yeah. How does he get it on there? I don't know. Maybe his laces? Maybe. It's just like, he just buckles it onto his shoe. Right in, right next to the mayor who told him how old it was. And it's not a matter of, oh, we should put that like in our display case or something like that. Just, you know, yeah, go ahead and keep it. Well, here's the thing. They might already have one because he says, while we were doing construction, we found all sorts of that stuff. Handmade nails, shoe buckles, all sorts of things. That's a good point. To which Ben says, you wouldn't happen to have found a book. You see, Sarah Ravencroft kept a journal of all of her patients. It would help me clear her name. God. Hmm. Mary's like, ah, nope, sorry, no books. Anyways, uh, let's go get some food. We've got a really good restaurant here, the best in all of New England. (laughs) (laughs) Ben says he's buying. Bad decision. Yeah. Which is quite possibly the worst mistake he's ever made in his life. Yeah, probably. Almost the worst, but we'll get to that. Uh, but it, it, his expression. And no, no, okay. Shaggy and Scooby go off with the mayor to go to the restaurant, and they're delighted when he says, tell Jack that I'm, I'm paying for whatever they buy. And there's a split moment where we see Fred, Daphne, and Velma and their expressions, and they're like, no, no. They're so <laughs> horrified. It's like, oh, no, this is not good. And and when they say to him afterwards, as, as, as everyone walks away from each other, is like, oh, you're going to come to regret that, his expression is hysterical because he's so confused <laughs> and concerned. Like, what? What did I do? What mistake did I just make? It's it's so, so good. Yes. 
Uh, Velma, Freddy, and Daphne go with Ben to his studio. We get to the restaurant that Scooby and Shaggy are going to, and it's just called Oakhaven Restaurant. No fun names, just this is the restaurant in this town. Just the only one there, you know. And uh, it's run by Jack, who appears to be both the chef and the waiter and the busboy. And the cashier. Yeah. It's like this. I was really surprised. I was like, does he not have employees? Well, it seems this place only has a population of about 15. Yeah. Granted, in that logic, he would be expecting tourists. Yeah. So he should have been like, hey, uh, friend of the family, do you want to work at my restaurant for the next, like, two days? Something something along those lines. Because logically, he would be expecting tourists during this time period, but eh, maybe not. Who knows? That said, it wasn't until this year that they had a whole lot of tourists. Normally, there's just a few leaf lookers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Scooby tries to steal a man's steak. <laughs> He's like drooling all over this man's shoulder just staring at that food. And it's it's the most dog-like I've ever actually seen him. It's like, yes, that that is how a great Dane would act. And Jack's like, you know what? I got a VIP table over here with your name on it. Anyone who's a friend of Ben Ravencroft is going to get the VIP treatment. Follow me. Um, and they're taken to like a, a full like half circle booth in the back, but they both sit on the same side. Easier to animate. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it leaves, leads to something that happens later pretty well. Jack suggests, oh, I got a nice ham bone in the back for your dog. And Scooby's like, mm, nah, bones. No, Chuck. that's not good. Not into it. No. And so they proceed to order two of everything. And Jack says the line, I love people who love to eat. <sighs> You'll come to regret it's gonna that. going to be good saying those words. Meanwhile... Ben's studio is full of posters for his books and some artifact-style knickknacks, with an oil portrait of Sarah Ravencroft over his mantle. Um, and now we get some more backstory about Sarah. Mm-hmm. She was a Wiccan, a natural he- healer, who did a lot of her work under an oak tree that she thought had healing powers, and that doing Wicca research is what led him to write stories that frighten people. Speaking of frightening people... We hard cut back over to Shaggy and Scooby. We don't see them at first. We just get a crowd shot of a woman who is absolutely terrified of what she's seeing. (laughs) It's... And we... Boy. The camera turns. We see them. They are going to town on some food. Yep. Yeah. It looks like they've already eaten, like, most of the things in this place with the amount of dishes. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of which... Uh, Velma, Freddy, and Daphne show up at the restaurant and they're like, Hey, is there any food left? And Jack comes running out of the kitchen. Don't worry, boys, we'll be right back. I just need to run down to the market and buy a few things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think earlier there was a scene where Sh- uh, Scooby is just digging into a bowl of chili or something like that. And he's got the most dopey look, look on his face. I and... have exactly the image you're talking about, and I'm going to send it to everyone. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and he just grins so, so happily. And the the person in the other booth, yep, that's the one. The person yep. in the other booth right across from them 
stares at Scooby's face and goes to throw up. And it's so funny. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's exactly when the rest of Mystery Inc. walks in, because they come in as he runs out. Yep. Yes. I was going to say, I love that Scooby is wearing a ladle as a hat. Oh my gosh, I just noticed that. <laughs> oh, jeez. That is hilarious. Fred, Velma, and Daphne are like, hey, we're going to go. It's getting dark. We're going to go see about that ghost thing. <laughs> Shaggy or Scooby are like, no, we still got to wait for dessert. And they're like, you know what? We're not paying for it. Go right ahead. Just meet us over there. <laughs> <laughs> so Sco- Scooby and Shaggy, they they don't regret just hanging out in the restaurant waiting for f- more food. They're like, oh, maybe maybe the ghosts will just show up while we're not there. And we don't have to deal with it. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, meanwhile at the park with Fred, Velma, Daphne, and Ben as well as a bunch of tourists who are also waiting for the ghost, an hour passes and there's just no one. Nothing happens. Keep that in mind for later. So the rest of the tourists leave and Ben's like, well, first Ben continues to ramble on about this journal hmm. to yes. Fred and Daphne's suspicion. Talks an awful lot about this this journal. Yep. Yeah. He's very obsessed with finding it. But then Ben wants to leave. Fred's like, no, hold on, wait a minute. I kind of want to stick around and see this sheet on a wire. It could be kind of funny. <laughs> They're so skeptical. Skeptical, It's hilarious. Yeah. So everyone sort of stays. Shaggy and Scooby finally just slosh out of the restaurant. <sighs> and Shaggy says to Jack, the, the last 14 pies were delicious. And poor Jack. Jack. Is- yeah, go ahead. Jack is exhausted. He is just like about to pass out on his chair. And then he looks back to the booth and just sees a stack of dishes going all the way up to the ceiling. Yeah. Not to mention anything in the back that he was already cooking with that he'd have to clean. Poor, poor Jack. Gonna have a busy night. (laughs) Shaggy and Scooby start getting a little spooked being out alone on the streets at night. Where nobody's there. It's so quiet. And Scooby sees a trio of girls walking down an alley. <laughs> so Shaggy does the uh, the cartoon thing of pull the gun up into the chest, slick your hair back, finger gun, and go, hey, girls. <laughs> and, and these three girls with vampire fangs hiss and yes. scare the they bejesus. While, yeah. They hiss while also saying hi. Yeah. Is like the most intimidating part. That they could do both of those things at the same time. Yeah. And Scooby and Shaggy bolt for it. Yeah, they're out of there. They're like, not dealing with that. Nope. Was, oh my gosh. Inspirational. Uh, Shaggy's like, I thought there was only the one witch. <laughs> Who said anything about three? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the actual witch's ghost shows up. Flying out over the trees and after Shaggy and Scooby, throwing fireballs everywhere. Yep. Yeah. They uh, run around a corner and plow right into Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Ben. I think if you watch the way the how the fireballs hit the uh, street as they're running, you can get a pretty good idea about um, what's revealed later about her. Mm. 
Like the way they kind of like sparkle a bit. A little bit. So I needed to point it out that when uh, in the dog pile of everyone after Scooby and Shaggy fell into the the rest of the gang and Ben, we actually don't see Daphne in this shot. And uh, that's because Fred's sitting on her. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, poor Daphne. She managed to put it up with it for a while, too. Yeah. Like, it's like the whole entire didn't scene. didn't say anything. It's the entire scene. Uh. Uh, so they're like, oh, it was the ghost. The ghost was right there. And they turn around the corner and there's nothing there. It's just a quiet, quiet street. Uh, so Shaggy mentions that they had just ran into three other witches. While Velma finds like a powder on the ground. Hmm. Powder. Hmm. Hmm. Um, out in the middle of the street, Fred finds a bunch of branches that have been cut off the tops of the trees. Velma points out, yeah, and they all sort of got chopped off in a straight line. Kind of suspicious. Um, they see some lights and some mysterious sounds coming from the woods in the distance. So they just go and investigate like you do. Like the gang does. You got a. We have a very interesting transition here of like a slime wipe. Yeah, I, it was really funny. Complete with like <laughs> goop sound. Yeah, it's yeah. the most random thing. What's a little weird? I feel like it was something that happened in like a like Martin mystery or something. <laughs> um, they find the source of it, and it's the three witches. But actually, it's the hex girls. And their song. Is a jam. Oh gosh, yeah. yes. This is where they play I'm a Hex Girl. And it's all of it in its entirety, but because it's got to be in a movie, it's not like a full three minute song. It's like a minute and ten seconds. Mm -hmm. But it's still really awesome. Yeah. I listened to this song a lot when I was a kid, when I would watch this movie all the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like, even though. Is this in any other movie? Um. Because I feel like I know it. Maybe they did a TV spot for it. Because I never, I don't think I've ever seen this movie, but I know this song. I don't know if they sang this song in the other movie that they're in. Mm. They must have done a TV, TV spot for it. It's been in both Witch's Ghost and Legend of the Vampire. Huh. And I'm pretty mm. sure it also got performed in Mystery Incorporated. Maybe also in What's New Scooby-Doo? Because I know they showed up in that too. Ah, but I don't know if they played it in that one. Gotcha. Um, after the song ends, the Hexos are like, Hey, wait a minute, aren't you Ben Ravencroft? Because he writes spooky books, and they're all really into that sort of spooky aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very goth. Yes, they're very goth, and it's very good. They're not just goth. They're eco-goths, and we don't need your approval. <laughs> so the way that Dusk delivers that line is just... We don't need your approval. Just like right up in Scooby's face. Yep. They've they've obviously they've they've uh dealt with uh naysayers before. Absolutely. Um Fred and Velma sort of like are winking at each other as they point out that those explosions at the end are they're kind of mystifying, right? <laughs> More on that later. The Hex girls said they're gonna leave town soon as they cut their first C D. Uh, the gang heads off. Fred suspects the Hex Girls, so he stays with Daphne. And Velma's like, yeah, you're always pairing up with Daphne, huh? Yeah, Fred. 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to go with Shaggy and Scooby, and we're going to go reinspect that street they got chased down. They find um, some tire tracks, Velma and Scooby and Shaggy and Ben, all of them. As they go down the street, they're like, oh, there's some tire tracks here in the woods. They follow them back, and they see the mayor leaving out of an old creepy barn. Which is suspicious. Yeah. Velma says, okay, Shaggy and Scooby, you tail the mayor. Me and Ben will go check out the barn. Shaggy's like, hold on, wait a minute. Why do we have to follow the mayor? Well, would you rather investigate the, sc- the spooky barn? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> He'll never see us coming. <laughs> they won't know that we're on their tail. And it cuts to Shaggy on Scooby's tail. Yeah. I found that funny. And as the mayor starts walking down the street, he's like on edge, double checking to make sure there's no one following him or anyone to see him. And you'll never catch Shaggy and Scooby because they are masters at hiding. Doing that thing where they just manage to combine themselves into the shape of an object that they are hiding behind. Meanwhile, with Daphne and Fred, Fred is finally about to confess his feelings, but is interrupted as the Hex Girls approach their hidden spot in the woods. Uh, Thorne mentions that she needs to perform a ritual, but the others are too tired, so they just split. Thorne's gonna go do it by herself. But (laughs) they say to each other before they leave, Bad dream, sisters. (laughs) And they just sort of, like, lean back to the hand gesture from Rocket Power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're oh, yeah. so goth. It's uh, it's amazing. They just go all in with the goth aesthetic. Yep. Thelma climbs across Ben to enter the vent to get into the barn to unlock the door from the other side. Meanwhile, with the mayor, he's getting a package from the hardware store. And as he walks out of the hardware store, he walks by... A young couple making out on the bench, only actually, (laughs) is Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah. (laughs) Their their hiding places get really interesting. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like the mayor is delivering this package to a local bed and breakfast. Velma and Ben are in the barn now, and they find a recently used cherry picker. In case that's the wrong word I'm using, it's a pickup truck with an extendable ladder type thing on the back. That's what that's the, at the phrase top. they used. Yeah. Which I honestly, I didn't know, so it's a good thing that you described it, because, yeah. Thorn is heading to a shed in her backyard, and Fred and Daphne, less good at being masters of hiding. Yeah. They're just, like, crouched down in front of the fence. Mm-hmm. Where literally anyone else could see them. And they're not particularly well hidden. Um, but they see her in the shed mixing some stuff together with a mortar and pestle. That I wrote in my notes at this point, she's getting lit. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some wicked heck of fumes in there. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny because my perspective on all this was, Fred, Fred, no. Fred, she's just a goth. Don't worry about her. She's probably just spookily making tea. And yeah, it's it's just 
it's so funny watching this and thinking, no, no, it's she's just a goth. They're just goths. Oh, well. It's not a phase, Mom. <laughs> it's just who I am. <laughs> Meanwhile, the mayor has found a different barn, like a more brown-colored barn than the last one, and it's like in the middle of town. Shaggy and Scooby sneak in there, and they're... Their current disguise is just carrying a bush around with them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they sneak in, and there's no one in there until the witch is in there, um, causing Shaggy and Scooby to run away through the wall, past the mayor, down the street, and into Velma and Ben. Fred and Daphne also to sort of turn around the corner, and okay, now everyone's together again, and they all report what they found. Yep. Mayor shows up and is like, hey, hold on. You two just ran over me in the middle of the street. What's going on? They head back to the warehouse. There's nothing there. The Vel Velma's like, okay. It's probably not safe to Shaggy and Scooby's health to keep them here because they are too scared all the time. And, and So we're going to leave. <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby immediately go over to kiss her. It's like, thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's like, it's hysterical. They're so happy that they yes. finally get to just go. They're like, thank you so much. But, but I need one more clue. So that way we can solve this thing before tomorrow's festival. And they're so disappointed immediately. <laughs> the mayor is also disappointed because no ghost means no well, less tourists. And, well, that means less money. Yep. The real villain is capitalism. <laughs> uh, yeah, for Scooby-Doo movies, yeah. Scooby-Doo yeah. entirely. Well, for the first half of this movie, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. After the mayor leaves, Velma's like, okay, I have a plan. And they start planning. And then we see them again at the Hex Girl stage. We see Shaggy and Scooby begin playing some of the instruments. Shaggy's actually pretty decent at keyboard. He is. Yeah. And uh, and Scooby's uh playing the drums with his tail pretty well, keeping a good beat. Yeah, he's like very very lightly tapping the uh the cymbal. Mm -hmm. But Dusk and Luna show up and stop them because those are their instruments. No one touches my keyboard, so etc. etc. Thorn is also there with Velma and Ben, and the hex girls ask, "Okay, so why are we out here so late? We have we have to get some sleep. We have a show tomorrow." Uh, and then the witch's ghost shows up and starts throwing fireballs. Yep. And as they run away, Velma trips and says, Oh no, I've fallen, fallen and, and I, I can't, can't get, get up. up. <laughs> She's so good in this movie, Velma. She really is. She really is. There's a lot of like, every member of the Scooby-Doo team just sort of winking at the camera because they know what's going to happen next. <laughs> For now. Yeah. For now. But, like, you can very clearly see them putting together the clues as we go. Mm-hmm. Instead of it just all being, like, right at the end. Okay, here's how it happened. Yep. Granted, 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 at this point in the movie, I'm thinking, okay, we're wrapping up, but we've still got, like, half the movie to go. What the heck's gonna happen here? <laughs> that was actually legit my, my thought around this time, is that, wait a second... We're almost at the end, but we're not almost at the end? What's going on? 
Well, we're probably closer to the end than you think, because as the ghost closes in on Velma on the ground, a branch just comes whipping around the tree and smacks the ghost all the way back and into a soccer goal. Goal! Which must have hurt. Yeah, and we can see Fred and Daphne pop out of a bush because they are clearly the ones who did it. And it's time for the unmasking. That it's t-shirt, t-shirt guy. guy. Oh, wait, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. We'll keep it that way. <laughs> I didn't even say the line the whole way. Oops. <laughs> Mr. McKnight? Yeah, it was Mr. McKnight, a.k.a. the t-shirt guy from the beginning, a.k.a. Thorne's dad? Yeah. Apparently. Which makes sense. It's a small town. Just gotta have a father in one of these people. Yeah, but we don't see the fathers of either of the other two. Yeah. We do know that one of them is a dentist. Yeah. Maybe the dentist didn't want to get involved in this. Yeah. Um, so they just go through it all. You know, the fireballs were just wads of flash paper, and this is the mechanism that they used to launch it. The cherry picker was to make the ghost fly, and they use a giant fan for some eerie wind. And this was clearly more than a two-person job, so, hey, Jack, you can come out now. We know you're over there. Which explains why the ghost didn't show up while Scooby and Shaggy were still at the restaurant. Yep. Yep. But then the mayor shows up and they're like, no, it's fine. We know that literally every single one of you locals was involved as all of the locals come out from behind trees. Yeah, it's like, uh, what? Really? Nothing brings a community together like following tourists with yeah. horror stories. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, the gang, Ben, and the Hex Girls all head to Ben's studio. Uh, Fred apologizes. They're like, look, I, I'm sorry for suspecting you guys. It just We heard something about our ritual. You gotta do your due diligence, you know? And the ritual was just peppermint and clove mixed together to soothe the voice. Mm-hmm. Just a goth way of doing tea. Yeah. Yeah. We turned this tea into a vapor. You just gotta be as extra as you can. Yep. You gotta vape this peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thorn does reveal that she has some Wiccan blood in her, though. Yeah. Mayor and Mr. McKnight show up and apologize. And they're like, look, we lied to you earlier. We said we didn't find anything, but we actually... When we were digging up stuff, we found Sarah's gravestone, but there's no bones, there's no book. We don't even know where the grave was. We just have the gravestone now. Uh, And Velma immediately pieces together by looking at the oil painting portrait that the shoe buckle that Shaggy found earlier wasn't a shoe buckle at all. It was a buckle for the front of the book to keep it closed. Mm Mm-hmm. And she asks Scooby if he could, uh find where he found that buckle earlier and goes through the hole would you do it for a scooby snack yep it takes two scooby snacks yeah did two scooby snacks they found it at the giant it was at a tree trunk um, that was already cut down hundreds of years ago which is why ben never found it even if he had checked near the oak tree he thought it was because the actual oak tree was just gone mm-hmm. they find a chest ben opens it up and there is a book inside, and that book is definitely evil. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yep, yep. And this is the part of the movie where I cringed and oh, went, oh my gosh, no. Because Tim Curry is immediately very Tim Curry. 
Yes. He gets very excited about finding this book. Velma's like, hey, uh, Ben, that uh, doesn't look like a journal. That's because it's not a journal, Velma. It's a spell book. <sighs> you see, Sarah was indeed a witch. Which I suppose makes me a... Warlock? Warlock. <laughs> Gosh. I had to pause the, the movie and be like, okay, I can get through this and then continue. Because <laughs> um, the Wiccans had imprisoned Sarah in the book. <sighs> ben couldn't find it, but he knew that Mystery Inc. could find it. And that's why he paid off the archaeologist and the security guards from the beginning of the movie. The sarcophagi's were in the pocket. Yeah. He knew that he would be able to get them with a sufficient mystery. So Vilma asks him why he didn't just ask them to help him find the book. And he says he knew that they would never help him if they knew what the book was about. And I'm like, okay, but, but he didn't need to tell them? what the book was about and he could have just asked them anyway i think that's what his original plan was going to be because as he says in a second he had nothing to do with the actual fake witch's ghost ah that's yeah. a good point he just but it did work to his advantage yeah he just used it to get their interest um what i imagine would have happened is he would have invited them back they would have came to massachusetts because oh, it's a vacation and then it would have been like I've been trying to find this book. Yeah. I mean, he was already on his way to saying it. Like, after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Okay. Ben's plans to summon Sarah and her power and begins the ritual. <clears throat> <laughs> Let the evil from the past breathe again with fiery blast. Let the dark wind whip the night. To blow away the force of light. Now I summon ancient power. This is evil's finest hour. Uh, see, this is why I think that they couldn't have gotten anyone but Tim Curry. Because Tim Curry just sells it. Absolutely. Um, he also takes off his glasses. So you know he's truly evil. Because now he doesn't yeah. need them to see. Yeah. he actually. I think he actually says that. It's like he, uh, after the, the, the ritual, Velma is like shocked for some reason. And he says something along the lines of about how much more powerful he is. And it's framed in the way that looks like he was meant to have transformed. But instead, the only thing different about him is that he's not wearing his glasses anymore. That's all. He's gone evil Superman. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. but as he's doing the ritual there's like tornado force winds start kicking up knocking over trees and afterwards ben taunts velma and then uses magic to stop the mayor and mcknight from running away and then ties up the hex girls with more magic and starts delivering some very terrible puns yes i don't remember any of them there are a lot of puns in this movie well what he does is he enchants some strands from a loom to tie up the hex girls and he says that he's always been very good at weaving a good yarn oh i didn't even notice or however that phrase of telling a story but you use the word yarn goes huh yeah 
There are a lot of puns in this movie. There was one earlier when um, Daphne says to Fred, like, seems like you're stuck on Thorn. And I'm like, really? I didn't notice that either. Oh, I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> that one's a good one. I like that one. Fred and Daphne try to grab both Ben and or the book, um, but he jumps slash flies away and then taunts them from on top of a building. And he just shoots fire and creates like a circle around them, trapping them there. Velma says, you won't get away with this. And Ben's like, why? Because of you meddling kids. We're not kids. <laughs> Fred says that in like the whiniest voice. He's like, hey, we're not kids. <laughs> oh, geez, Fred. Um, I also heard that this next line was one of Tim Curry's favorite lines that he's ever read because of what happens immediately afterwards. Ooh. <clears throat> Dreadful darkness, hear my cry. Bring back one who cannot die. And as he's, after he says that line, the mystery machine comes flying out. Yes. And the next thing you see is the back doors bursting open with Scooby-Doo. Yes! <laughs> I, I, I saw that and I'm like, hey! Uh, but as the mystery machine had pulled up, it kicked up enough dirt to put out the fire. So the gang just sort of jumps in the back and Shaggy drives away. And Shaggy's like, all right, we're getting all the way out of here. We're leaving entirely. <laughs> this is why they don't let him drive. Yeah. Because he would just, he would just always just run away. Um, and as they're driving away, Ben is just like running after them. Not even flying, just, just sprinting. They knock over a whole lot of pumpkins, which causes Ben to trip. And Shaggy pulls a U-turn so Scooby can grab the book. And then... Ben uses his magic to pop the tires, but only one at a time. <laughs> yep. Which causes it to, like, drive through an entire building, and then there's no windshield, and it drives through some haystacks and all of this. So eventually it just stops. It can't go anymore. There's no tires on this machine. No, no, no. Shaggy says, <laughs> at least we still have one tire, and then it immediately yes. pops. That was great. And then he just, Ben just walks up, jumps on the the hood of the car, and just takes the book. And he finishes his ritual with Dreadful darkness, hear my cry Bring back one who cannot die Let the witch who perished here live again and reappear I gotta say, is that is that really in the book? That's really specific Why is oh, that in the book? Oh, it gets more specific later And it's even more confusing because of what the spell they use later does why yeah. it would be in her spell book yeah yeah well maybe the wiccans who locked her in there originally took the book and put it in there just in case she comes back maybe that's a that's a good idea it's a charm situation where everyone who owns the book gets to add something new to it <laughs> <laughs> but as he finishes the second ritual the winds pick up even stronger there's lightning there's earthquakes it's disastrous and so is summoned the actual witch's ghost this time. Sarah Ravencroft. Ravencroft. Yeah. Ravencroft. Comes floating down. And then immediately starts arguing with Ben because Sarah is too powerful to serve him and will not even train him because he's a pathetic worm. Yep. Yep. Do these plots ever go well for people where they summon an evil, powerful being and they're like, now you have to serve me. And the no. being's like, nah, I don't think so. Nope. Doesn't usually work out. No, not in the long run. 
but normally they don't go bad quite as fast as this one does. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Granted, most of the time it's like they already have like a binding spell already built in and they have to serve. In this case, he just summons her and that's it. Well, and he's probably thinking, oh, it would be like a uh, family reunion. Yeah, either a family reunion or like a Jack Spicer and Wuya situation. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I need to rewatch that show. Anyway, uh, so th- <laughs> they just they just argue. And... I'll add it to the list of potential Patreon things. <laughs> uh, I'd support you guys if you watch Shaolin Showdown. Oh gosh. But I would also want to watch Shaolin Showdown because it's a good show. Yep. Sarah sends out a decaying fog that withers trees and everything, reduces buildings to ash and stuff like that. And Ben's like, hold on, wait a minute. I wanted to rule the world together, not destroy it. And Sarah's like, I don't care what you want. And Ben says, but I have the book. She's like, you. What I want to know is where's the caveman? Idiot. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he tries to put her back in it, but she just laughs at him because... You think yourself a Wiccan? Only one with a virtuous soul can imprison me. <sighs> and so then Ben gets put in ghost jail. Yep. Which is just a green sphere, because green is the color of evil. And eventually he'll suffocate to death. Yeah. Although, yeah. Mm, he's in there for quiet some time. He is in there for a while, and we can hear him. Maybe... Yeah. Well, I think it might be a, I'm going to put you over here so I can torture you later. True. <laughs> uh, so Velma pulls the rest of, well, just the gang at this point off to the side. And it's like, okay, I have a plan, but it's going to need Shaggy and Scooby to go get the book because they're the fastest. They are the fastest. That's very much true. And this is something I learned on the Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase DVD I meant to do something with this, but this is probably the best time for me to bring it up. Turns out Shaggy was on the track team in high school. Hmm. Oh. At least according to the special features on the Cyber Chase DVD. Yeah, which basically <laughs> makes it canon enough. Yeah, I would believe it. Um, but yeah, Shaggy and Scooby were like, you gotta be crazy. You see what's going on out here? No way. And <laughs> Sorry, just- I just, I need to bring this up. Can you imagine an Airbud situation where Shaggy tries to bring Scooby onto the track team and there's no rules saying a dog can't play, be in track? Are you telling me that your real answer to the question we asked at the beginning of the show is that you'd love to see a crossover with Airbud? <laughs> yes. That Apparently. would be amazing. God. Oh. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Let's continue. Oh, it's, it's fine. Velma <laughs> completely bypasses the bargaining stage and just like, okay, I'll give you an entire box of Scooby snacks. <laughs> you That's how you know it's serious. Yeah. Fred and Daphne to start taunting the witch, uh, which is, results in a patch of living pumpkins, which I'm pretty sure is, hold on. They reminded me of a character from Scooby-Doo in the ghoul school. So I need to check that that one was not just actually a pumpkin. I need to point it out that I think she throws a fireball of some sort. 
She throws something that burns away the box of Scooby snacks. Yeah, I think it was a fireball. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's the Grim Creeper. Oh no. Which one? Very good name. Two is like these weird pumpkin monsters, only instead of a pumpkin, it's like a coconut. It only has one eye. Oh jeez. Sounds really interesting. Yeah, we'll get to that within the year. But yeah, they end up in a patch of living pumpkins. Scooby and Shaggy run out, grab the book, and the witch immediately notices. It's like, okay, hold on. You, bird, points to a turkey, makes it big, sends it after them. Yep. Uh, Meanwhile, Fred and Daphne get caught by a single pumpkin. Velma sees that happening, knocks over the butter churn, causing a different pumpkin to knock out the other one. Then they squash. Yep. A lot of pumpkin squashing. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of pumpkin murder. Lots of pie to make. Um, Shaggy and Scooby distract the turkey and the ghost, while Fred, Velma, and Daphne untie the hex girls. Um, immediately, Dusk and Luna are like, we're out of here. And Thorne wants to leave too, but Velma's like, hold on. We need you to read the spell because you have Wiccan blood. <sighs> Which is not how Wicca works no, at all. No, it doesn't. It's, I was going to bring this up. I was going to ask, do you think being a witch is hereditary in the Scooby-Doo universe? Because they make it sound like it is. Being a witch probably can be, but like Wicca is like a religious thing. Yeah, mm. it's a religion. Every time she said one sixteenth Wiccan, I was like, but that's a religion. You, it's like someone calling themselves one six Catholic or Christian. <laughs> Which uh, honestly would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a very um that's that's not how that works kind of situation. Like if it were flipped, if it were one sixteenth witch, I could be like, okay, sure. Um, like, what you're saying is that, okay, magic actually runs in the family a little bit. But then, it's it's 116th Wiccan, which is no... No. 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 Anyways, Scooby gets caught by the ghost. Shaggy immediately grabs a bucket of water and just (laughs) chucks the water at the witch. Yeah. I appreciate uh, this so much. I love the witch's delivery on this because she's just like, what was that? (laughs) Just like. It worked in the Wizard of Oz. And then Shaggy starts running away again. The witch tries to Mr. Fantastic her arm out there and grab him. Which, why haven't you been doing this the entire scene you've been in? Yeah, she does try it again later, but like this is the first time we've seen it. Yeah. It might be a thing where she couldn't do it as a regular person, but now that she's a ghost, she can? Wait, what? She's been a ghost. Was... Yeah, I'm, but I... like maybe this this is the first time she's out of the book. Oh, no, what I mean is... Since becoming a ghost. Like Maybe the... it's one of those things that you gotta get used to? Maybe. Maybe. I, I'm mostly just thinking about the earlier chase scene. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I just... It might be one of those, hey, I've never been a ghost before. Right. That's, okay. <laughs> I see what you mean. Okay. Gotcha. But before she can grab Shaggy, Shaggy throws the bucket up in the air and it just lands directly on her head. <sighs> yep. 
Yes, it does. And it's amazing because she has to explode it off of her head. It won't <laughs> just come off. Yep. It got caught on her big hair. Also, yep. this ghost is very physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has an entire physical form. Yep. Um, but before she explodes it off her head, it gives Shaggy and Scooby the chance to run free and grab the book. Um, Shaggy has it first, but gets caught, so he passes it to Scooby, who gets caught, who passes it to Daphne, who gets caught immediately, who tosses it over to Fred, and then finally to Velma, who gives it to Thorn, along with a hug. Like, during this entire next scene, Velma is just giving Thorn the biggest hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's a hug of support. You gotta reassure her as she reads the book. Um, yeah, so I have this spell written down as well. It's nowhere near as good as the other ones, but uh, let's let's give it a shot. Granted, it's also not being said by Tim Curry. <laughs> well, I mean, just, like, the rhyming is wrong. Mm-hmm. Ancient evil, get thee hence. Only good can recompense for the misdeeds you have done, which return from whence you've come. Which doesn't make sense for a book sealing spell. Yeah. Yeah. It also wouldn't have worked the first time, so this would have to be a spell specifically for putting her back into a book. Mm-hmm. It's very specific, but not specific enough. Yeah, it's a little weird. Maybe they were like, well, Tim Curry's not reading this one, so maybe they won't <laughs> care about it as much. <laughs> yeah, he only has to read the first two lines. We don't have to make it make sense after that. We're fine. Uh, the book flies out of Thorne's hands, and things start going back to how they were before. Um, then, you know, the trees that turned into cages stop being that. The book then just chases down and absorbs Sarah who then drags Ben in with her. Oh my gosh. Yes. He and was everyone all just... dogs go to heaven too. And this everyone specific just... thing. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Everyone just watches as he's dragged into this book. No one thinks to help him. Nope. They're like, well, I guess he gets what he deserves. Yeah. Being trapped in a book. Here's the thing. Thinking about it, because Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is, is supposed to be a prequel, it makes perfect sense if this movie takes place after that. Because <laughs> let me just say, things get buck wild at the end of that show. <laughs> Please watch that show. <laughs> um, but yeah, a flaming branch then just sort of lands on the book and causes it to burn up after everything's been sealed inside. And we get another pun. Yes. Well, technically two puns, but one of them is much more of a pun than the other. Velma says... Ben Ravencroft's last book will be one no one will ever read. And then Shaggy says, and that's a shame too, because it would have been a hot bestseller. <laughs> yep. This movie's just full of puns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the village that they've built, the uh, Puritan village, has been completely destroyed. But they still have the Hex Girls, and so that's at least something for the festival. But the mayor's like, no, we need, we need something bigger than that. <laughs> Which is weird because it definitely made it seem like or earlier it definitely made it seem like that was the big thing yeah yeah uh, and then it, it pans over i think who is it that points it out shaggy. Shaggy? Oh, shaggy yeah shaggy points it out and the mayor turns around and the turkey is still huge yeah it's the only thing that doesn't get changed back to normal yep does the magic not work if you try and do it through a building i guess <laughs> Oh, maybe not. 
Maybe a, well, I was going to say a living being, but technically trees would work as a living being. And those pumpkins were basically dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We cut to the festival. The Hex Girls are playing their other major song, Earth, Wind, Fire, and Air. Just think how good turkey, turkey, think, think of how good Thanksgiving will be with that giant turkey. Oh, gosh. They did, like, terrorize that turkey during the chase scene with, like, ah, yes, I have the stuffing and a turkey baster. Which was very disturbing. I know, I saw that, too. I'm like, that's a little... It's a little risque. Yeah. It was just very, uh, very, very weird to see. Um, you know what's weird, though, is that... So, there's a whole thing of, oh, we need something big for the festival, and nothing actually happens with the turkey the turkey yeah. just dances during during the 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 show with the hex girls mm-hmm. yeah in the crowd not even as an attraction it's weird yeah um but during the concert you do see mystery ink there they're up there performing as well um with dracula cake capes and witch hats i will party city costumes because that's what it reminded me of mm-hmm. uh fred's playing a guitar Shaggy, I think, is playing the bass. Scooby is playing a single drum. Um, Velma's on keyboard and Daphne on tambourine. Which is probably how it would have been lined up because Hanna-Barbera's original plan was to have the Scooby-Doo gang be another traveling musical number. (laughs) Uh, And then after that, we get the Scooby-Dooby-Doo. As Scooby does a lot of playing with the cape in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Yep. But with that, that's Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Yes. Pretty good movie. Uh, not very solid, but decent. It's interesting to watch it now, because I haven't seen this movie since I was young. Mm-hmm. And I think I definitely enjoyed it more as a kid compared to now as an adult. But I don't. it wasn't as bad as I was expecting mm. going back and watching it again. I, I still really like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It was still an enjoyable movie. I like it, I think, more just because of how, like I said at the beginning, how much different the style and expressiveness of it is compared to the rest of the Scooby-Doo movies they have. Mm. Mm. I don't know. It just, it now that I know that the three other movies are made by the same animation team and I don't think any of them look like this one, I'm just very confused. Mm-hmm. But, eh. Maybe they decided to go all in for this one. <laughs> All right, so let's rank it. Um, we'll start in the middle. Is this movie better than Mask of the Blue Falcon? No. Mm, I was going to say yes. Hmm. <laughs> Charlie, what are your thoughts? Um, I'd say yes. Okay. Um, I will not dare try to put it above Cyber Chase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes our list. Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase at number one, followed by Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost at number two. Then Mask of the Blue Falcon, and then Scooby Goes Hollywood, bringing up the rear. Yep. As it should. <laughs> All right. Um, so before any, we... Any no. remaining thoughts on the overall yes. movie? I felt like I had something before we started recording, and now I've forgotten all of it. So, you know, like what usually happens. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. So as I watched it, I realized... This is, might be a little weird, but I think as a kid, I was weirdly like, into 
been as a kid and watching this again, I'm like, what was wrong with you, child? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. I mean, it's Tim Curry and Tim Curry has a lot of lot of voice acting roles that were very confusing to me as a a smaller child um, in that weird way. Which baffles me now. Yeah, I liked him a little bit more when he turned evil, so I was like, maybe I can see when it, you he really went into the whole Tim Curry thing. Like, still weird, though. Oh my god, I just had a realization. So, I happen to have been watching uh, some Hallmark movies recently, and Ben Ravencroft is the male protagonist in the first half of this movie of a Hallmark movie. Yes. The fact that he turns evil later, or is revealed to be evil, was so disconcerting to me because I was expecting it to be like a romantic comedy. (laughs) Oh, that's so weird to think about now. Yeah, they do play into the, like, Velma being kind of into him, and there was a moment when they lost their glasses. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought there was like this. So I can see where you would think that. Yeah. Like, they... They touch hands for a second in that scene, but they're both immediately like, oh, sorry. And they <laughs> grab the wrong glasses, they put them on, and Velma's glasses make Ben's eyes smaller. Ben's glasses make Velma's eyes bigger. It's. Yeah. <sighs> I'm looking at the soundtrack, and there are some songs on here by the Hex Girls that I need to hear because there's one called Scooby Snacks. Oh my gosh. And another called oh. Zoinks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hmm. Needs to be the theme song of Zoinks Points. <laughs> I think Zoinks Points is. I am surprised it is not yet defunct. <laughs> it's basically defunct. But yeah, that's all I had. Yeah, alright. So before we get into wrap up stuff, Charlie. Yes. Plug your stuff. Okay. You can find me personally at magical underscore part on Twitter or at Storm Genasi on Tumblr. Genasi spelled G E N. ASI. And if you want to hear more of my voice, I have my own podcast called Let Me Info Dump, where me and eventually other autistic people talk about our special interests. And you can find that at LMID Podcast on Twitter. Excellent. Now, I want you to also plug one thing that you are not involved with. Ooh. Then I'm going to plug... The first thing that came to mind is uh, The Cool Kids Table, which is a podcast I really love where four friends play different tabletop RPG systems, and they're just finishing their Mario one, and it's a lot of fun, so I highly recommend you check it out. And the most interesting part about that Mario playthrough is that they've made the system themselves. Nice. So yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And you can find me on Twitter at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. You can find the show on Twitter at Kids and Their Dog. <laughs> you can email us any questions or comments, or if you want to be a guest on the show, you can either do that through the Twitter or email us at andtheirdumbdog at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast services. I don't know which ones do reviews and which ones don't. Um, The ones I use don't for some reason. Mm. So Mm. 
If you have a service that lets you leave a review and you leave a review, let us know. I'll try to hunt it down and we'll read it on the air. We have a website. The website is kidsandtheirdog.wordpress.com. Like I said before, it's really just our episodes list. I plan to have some stuff up there eventually. I haven't had the chance to record any of it. I think that's everything that we normally do. So with that, let's head into the ending. So, oh wait, actually, we need to say what we're doing next week. Or next, not next week, next month. Oof, if this show was weekly, I'd have problems. I would die. <laughs> uh, next month is the month of August. And we are back on track with whatever's next, which is Boo Brothers. So until then, they would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for those meddling kids. And their dumb dog. Dude!